Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Matthew 16, starting verse 15, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. That he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to see this. This is uh, what we shared last week. And again, just because of time, I want to I expedite this. Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds. He says, some people say that you are John the Baptist. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say one of the prophets or Elijah or one of the prophets. And that's, a, that's great company. He is saying that you belong in the who's who of the religious realm. Jesus' name is being mentioned with the giants, with the hall of fame of people of the word of God. And the great company, but as great of company as it was, it was still a demotion to who Jesus is. Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds with this this revelation. He says, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I love when Jesus asked him, but who do you say that I am? I don't care about what other people think. I don't care about what my reputation is. Who am I to you? Who am I to you? As you sit here today, who is Jesus to you And Jesus, when, when Peter responds, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of God, Jesus then does something. When Peter is able to respond to who God really is, Jesus reveals who Peter really is. There is a connection between your revelation of who God is and finding out who you really are as well. Because when you don't know who you are, you have to put on other people in order to find your identity. You have to act like someone else, talk like someone else, dress like someone else, drive a Mercedes or drive that Jaguar. You need things in order to identify who you are. But when you know who God really is, it reveals who you really are. And he tells Peter, you are Simon, which means pebble. He goes, you are Simon, but I tell you today, you are Peter. You are the rock, and God establishes him because he's able to recognize who God is. Listen, you will always struggle with who you are until you recognize who God is. Come on, somebody say amen. So knowing who God is isn't taught, it's caught. Because when Jesus responds to Peter, he goes, you didn't learn this from men. This is something that you learned from the Spirit of God. God taught you this. And many of you, you your, your reading is good, studying is good, but there are people that have so much knowledge of who God is, but have never experienced who God is. I don't want to just know him. I want to experience him. And I I want to take you to to that next level this morning. I want you to see here in the book of, uh, in in that same chapter that we're talking, Matthew 16. After he says this, he says, now I say to you, verse 18, now I say to you, you are Peter, which means rock. And he says this, and upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not 
I will build my church. You are Peter the rock. And upon this rock, he wasn't saying, I'm going to build the church upon Peter. What he was saying upon the confession, upon your recognition of who Jesus is, that when you recognize who Jesus is, God has the ability now to establish something in your life. There's a foundation to build on now. There's something that I can erect upon, that your confession of who I am, now I can build something lasting in your life. I can build a business. I can build a marriage. I can build a family because when you know who I am, I got a foundation to build upon, not upon the sand, but upon the rock. And he says, I will build, I will erect, I will construct, I will fashion together brick by brick. That word build means to to encourage, to edify, to erect or build, to plan, to prepare, to construct or to establish. When God builds something, I love this. The word says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I love that. Why? Because it tells me that God doesn't just have a flippant thought regarding me. That God planned things. He estimated, he planned, he laid out, he put blueprints down when it came to my life. When God thought about me, God took time to plan it out. Baby, you aren't an accident. I don't care what your parents said. God used your parents to bring you in the world. Why? Because he needed you to solve a problem. You're not, you're not hearing me. Listen, let, let me explain it to you this way. In fact, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9 says this. Remember your history, your long, rich history. I am God. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, the only God you've ever had or ever will have, incomparable, irreplaceable. Now look at verse 10. I love this. From the very beginning, telling you what the end will be. Oh, you, you didn't hear that. From the very beginning, telling you what the end will be. All along, letting you know what's going to happen. Assuring you, I'm in this for the long haul. And I will do exactly what I set out, uh, set out to do. Come, come, on, come up here, Fonzie. I want, you to, I want you to see how God does things. Okay? I need you to understand, God starts with the end in mind. God doesn't start at the beginning. God starts at the end. Remember, God created time, but he exists outside of time. So God determines what problem needs to be solved. And he determines what that ending is. And then what he does is he then goes back to the beginning. Because God determines the finish before he starts. He catch that. He starts at the end. And then God goes back. What do we tell people that want to be successful in business or in life or whatever? Where do you want to end up? You start with the end in mind. We, you think we created that? God says that here. I start, I tell you from the very beginning what the end will be. God determines the end. And it's from there he creates beginnings. Because if you look at the, when did Jesus die? How many years ago did Jesus die? 2019? Well, B.C. His birth. That's his birth. So, About 2,000 years ago. Jesus didn't die 2,000 years ago. What was that? Before the foundation of the earth, the Bible says Christ died. (laughs) 
Why? Because he starts with the end in mind. See, there, there's a meeting in heaven. What we're going to create man, and we're going to create this place called earth. But we know that they're going to turn their back on us, and they're going to fall. And so in the meeting, Jesus rises up and says, well, I'll give my life for them. Let's go ahead and create them anyhow. And so I'll go ahead and pay the price for them before they're even created. And before they turn their back on us, I'll give my life in order to make sure that their eternity is secure. The very fact. Now listen to me. God always determines the what? Before he starts the. So if that's the case, the very fact that you are here tells me that there is an end that God has in store for your life. That you have already become successful. You have already come breakthrough. You are already free. Why? Because God starts with the end in mind and he knows the plans he has for you, says the Lord. Plans to bless you and not harm you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. What I love is that God literally takes time to estimate my life. To plan things out. Because God always starts with the end in mind. So when God starts something, listen closely. When God starts something, it's proof that he's already finished. When God starts something, I will, my friend. It is proof that God is already finished. Now, you know what? Y'all start pulling on me like that, then I don't have to yell to myself, so I appreciate that. <laughs> but Jesus says, I will build what? I'll build what? My church. Not just church. My ch- because there were a bunch of different churches in those days. But church was not a religious term. Church was a, the, the Greeks had a church, the Romans had a church, and what, the, the, what that word meant was ecclesia. Ecclesia meant called out ones. And what it was, whenever there was a crisis in a city, they would call. It was, a, it was a civic group that they would call together to help solve the problems of their community. <laughs> Jesus says, Peter, because of you knowing who I am, I'm going to build my church. The Greeks have a church, the Romans have a church, but I'm going to create a church. And I'm going to create a church of influencers. I'm going to create a church of problem solvers. I'm going to create a church of people that can transform their community. I'm going to bring my people together that can change and shift and move environments and transform atmospheres. I'm going to create a church of ecclesia, of influencers. I'm going to put together a church. And hell's not even going to be able to stand against it. They were the remedy to the problem, the called out ones. Jesus says, I'm going to build one too. And my church is going to transform business. It's going to transform families. It's going to transform education. My church is going to affect government. It's going to affect the media, arts, and entertainment. It's going to affect everything. Why? Because of the very fact. That's, that's why when you begin to start something, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a business, whether it's an education, you feel something calling to you. Something's pulling you. How do I know you have a vision? Because you're not driving it. It drives you. You wake up in the morning and something is literally pulling you towards your destiny. Why? Because your destiny is calling you because God's already determined it. Oh, come on, somebody. Your destiny is calling out to you right now. 
See, the original idea of the church was a group of respected influencers who put their wisdom and their resources together to improve their community. On Friday, I had the opportunity to meet with our mayor. Sat down with him and just talked about how we could make this city more successful. How we can solve problems. Now, we're doing a lot right now. I'm proud of this church. Over 8,000 bags of groceries we gave out to the elderly last year. Uh, We have the the LOL that's been ministering out to the same group of 60 homeless people on a weekly basis and meeting their needs. Do that every, they, they do that consistently. Been going to Little Orchard, serving meals to the, to the homeless community right there. We got two nonprofit organizations here at the church that are helping with the mayor's gang task force, that are making transformations, doing great things, helping in intervention and prevention. We got things that are going on here where we adopted Arbuckle Elementary School, and we've been helping them out. And do, this year, we're going to be doing an Easter egg hunt for them as well. So we're going to be doing not just two Easter egg hunts. We're going to be doing three of them this next year. We've been doing what we're doing with, with, uh, with Operation Christmas Child and so forth. We are active in our community, but the problem is, is that we haven't partnered with the government to help make a bigger impact, to do bigger things. But I need you to understand, I've always said this, if a church closes its doors and the community doesn't feel the impact, did that church really exist? It has to be bigger than having service, church has to be bigger than having a church service. Jesus didn't die for us to have a service. He died for us to make a difference. Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, I'm going to close here in a moment, so stay with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and liberty to those who are oppressed. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, I am the remedy to every one of society's problems. Now, you missed that. To, To the blind, I'm sight. To the deaf, I'm hearing. To the dead, I'm life. To the broke, I'm the gospel. To the captive, I'm freedom. (laughs) Whatever you need, I'm the answer. I'm the solution. You know what? You can can get political. With everything going on in in uh, in the political realm right now, it's driving me crazy right now. That we're politicizing the life of children. Sickens me. That's not a political issue. It's a life issue. It's a humanity issue. And yet we're allowing politics to determine our morality. Something has to happen in us as the church that we have to rise up and become the solution to what's going on around us. Regardless of your your politics, Jesus says, I am the remedy. You get your green card. Your lime card. Jesus says, I will build my church. Everyone say, my church. His church looks different than our church. And I want to make sure that we stop looking like 
I want it to look and it starts looking like Jesus wants it to look. This morning, I want to take time to tell you about our church. True ministry doesn't happen inside the walls of the church. Come on, you got to focus right now. Stay with me. We, we, have, we have some people that are going out and they're, they're doing great things. They're not doing it in the walls of the church. They're, they're, they're saving people that are being trafficked uh, sex, with sex trafficking, pulling them off the streets, take, taking care of them, watching, finding these diamonds in the rough, taking these diamonds. You call them the diamond women. They literally take these people off the streets, come bring them in. They, they minister, minister to them, uh, love on them. And they're ladies that are in prostitution in Hawaii and they're flying them back to the States to the dream center in LA in order to get them off the street to give them a new lease on life and I want to tell you that's the church that God wants to build that's the church that God wants to establish and this morning I'm going to ask you guys to come forward Joe and Adriana would you guys come well she can come too but Joe I want want Joe up here as well we just got a little little something for you guys just to say thank you just how how much we appreciate what you guys are doing how you're impacting this is his church that you're building you're doing a great work and I just want to tell you guys how proud I am of you and that we're proud to give a covering to you in what you're doing because church doesn't always look like a service but it does look like freedom to the captive. Amen. Amen. Come on, let them know you appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you. Church doesn't look like you always think it does. It affects not only aspects of sex trafficking but also in the area of business as well see almost 10 years ago 10 plus years ago a group of people walked into my church sat in the very back row in Overfelt High School they were kids they had a dream to start a business they were coming every Sunday they started their families off I watched their babies born I watched their babies grow and I saw them with this tenacity to grow not just a business but a family they were the first ones to invite me to speak at one of their events and I know when they asked me I was like what are you guys talking about I'm a pastor I'm not a business speaker you pulled me out of my comfort zone but the same anointing God gives me to preach is the same anointing he's placed on you to do business. That's why there's this pool, this passion. That's why I'm on you all the time. Watch your language because you're leading people. You got people that are watching you. And the language that you use, you don't want your sons to speak. As I was sure, what one, one generation tolerates, the next will celebrate. And that's why I'm on you, because I want to make sure that you're setting a pace, because I got people that look up to you. And so I got, I got I'm, your marriage, watch over it, protect it. What you are doing, you're building, both of you, you're building his church. 
And I want to say I'm proud of you this morning. By the way, that comes with free, uh, set aside parking for you guys, um, and uh, you have your for the month. You guys will have your own parking stalls here at the church and so forth. And just say uh, we appreciate you. In each and every one of our areas, what area can you affect? You're passionate about something. It doesn't have to be spiritual. Make a difference where you're at. Build his church by making a difference with the things you were created to be the remedy for. I'm going to have you stand to your feet right now. Everyone say revive. revive. It's time to revive. I, I didn't even scratch the surface of where I wanted to go to this morning. This time was way, way, way far from me this morning. But next week we're going to continue on the kingdom there's two words that, that are resonating in my spirit right now basilia which is kingdom ecclesia is the church basilia ecclesia b e b Don't just go to church. Be the church. Be the kingdom. Be the remedy. And one of the things I want to start this next year, we have, we have, we have a nonprofit organization called Ecclesia, but I'm changing the name this year from Ecclesia to, or we have, it's called Basilia. We're changing it from Basilia to Basilia Ecclesia. It's going to be named the B Foundation. And the B Foundation is going to start just becoming the remedy to the situations and problems in our community. The mayor gave me a list of five different areas that he's asked us to take or to, to look over. And there's a few of those things that have just touched our hearts. I know LOL is going to get excited about this. Some things that, that we talked about, about making a difference in. And we want your help to make a difference in our city. It's not about how many people we could sit. How many people can we send? Let's make a difference. Father, right now, I pray for every person here, God. Stir in our hearts. Stir in our hearts, God, to build your church. Not to build just my family or just to build my business or just to build my desires. God, let me make a difference and build your church. So, Lord, I ask right now, God, that you would be that stirring I feel tells me that there's an end in mind. Some of you are stirred right now. You want to make a difference. I know it. You're, you, you want to make money. You want to have a family. You want to get the education. Those are great things. But there's something that's attached to it called your destiny. And I'm here to help unlock that in your life this morning. To unlock and revive your dreams your passion, your drive, your commitment to God. You're going to unlock it. God is going to release some things in your life. Why? Because you succeeding gives God glory. 
A bird that can't fly doesn't give God glory. A fish that can't swim can't give God glory. Why? Because what God creates something to do, it has to do. It's what you were created for. Success isn't what you want. It's what you were designed for. Father, I speak right now, my God, that you would just revive in Jesus' name. Revive in Jesus' name. So I want you to do me a favor right now. If you haven't already done so, I want you to get your revive cards out. If you haven't already written them out, if you have, then what I'm going to ask you to do is that we're going to just start having you come forward to the altar. And I want you to find a place after you come to the altar. I'm going to have our gentlemen step up to behind each cross. You're going to hand your, your revive card to them. and They're going to staple it to the cross for you. And we're going to leave these up till Easter. We're going to be praying over these. We're going to believe it. Every Sunday you come in, you're going to see your dreams attached to the cross, what you're believing God to revive. If you haven't got a card, then pick one up. And you could, we have some here at the altar. We got uh, Sharpies that you can write them down on. But I want you to come. Let's come to the altar for a moment and not go back to your seat. Go drop them off and then just give some room so that we can take some time and pray over every one of these things that you're bringing to the altar this morning. these things up here and believe. Don't don't just drop them. Believe. Believe that God's going to bring some things to life in your life right now. God's going to revive some dreams. He's going to revive some hopes. He's going to put some things together in your life. This isn't just a spiritual exercise. You are literally writing down your dreams. The Bible says, write the vision down. Make it plain to see so that he who reads it may run. Father, we bless you right now. Stephan, would you just go ahead and just lead us in a song as people are taking these.
Father, we bless your name right now. Come on, just lift your hands all over this place. Lord, for every one of these cards, they represent, my God, dreams. They represent hopes. They represent family. They represent future. And Lord, I pray, my God, for every word that has been written down. When you said, let there be light, you gave permission for light to exist. You gave room, my God, for light to come about. Lord, we pray right now for every one of these cards that are being attached to the cross, that we recognize that, God, we are speaking life over every one of these things. We are giving room for these things to grow. We're giving room for these things to operate in our lives. We're giving room for our marriage to to revive, for our children to revive, for our finances to revive, for our sobriety to revive, my God, for our future and destiny to revive. We speak right now life to those things that may have died. We speak life to those things, my God, that have given up hope. I declare right now in Jesus, Jesus name that Lord God we will be the church by reviving once again and becoming the remedy my God to the problems of those things around us Lord let us stop complaining about what's taking place around us and start becoming the solution to what's happening in Jesus name we pray amen amen come on give God a shout of praise this morning Amen. Brother Dave got the big reveal there, man. You did it. You got a little design going on there, bro. Very nice. Uh, bro, you, didn't, you need to think outside the box, bro. That's very... <laughs> experience. More room now, huh? More room. Listen, I want to encourage you. Every week you come back, you want to add another one, you go ahead and do that. We're going to keep these up. We're going to keep these as a reminder. We're going to be believing, praying. You could put people's names on there, someone that you're believing to get healed or come to know Christ. We're going to continue to believe God to revive some things in the next few weeks. Next Sunday, I'm going to continue this message on the kingdom. Don't miss the kingdom, especially those of you that are business-orientated. Kingdom is something you want to hear. Kingdom is something you want to recognize. Kingdom was God's priority. The church was the vehicle to bring the kingdom. Don't get it twisted. The church is not the kingdom. Jesus came to establish the kingdom, not the church. He uses the church to bring about the kingdom. But the kingdom is what God wants to establish. The kingdom of God. He told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is. We're going to unlock some things next week. We're going to unlock some things that you're going to find that you've been doing the right thing, but the wrong things have been happening. We're going to unlock some things that you're going to find are going to open up some new areas of your life. Amen. So, Father, as we go, Lord, we just speak revive over every aspect of our lives in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.